Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Please be seated. Uh, quick story I want to tell you about when I was a seminarian and uh, more years ago than I want to remember. And I was doing my clinical pastoral education, training in a hospital. And this is early on in the training and they had assigned each of us certain floors of, this is Presbyterian in Dallas, certain floors of the hospital. And they said, now you are the chaplain for those floors. You're the chaplain for the patients. You're the chaplain for the nurses and the doctors. Everyone there, you're the chaplain for. And they kept talking to us about, we are the chaplain. We represent Christ to these people. And so uh, the first day, they sent us out all uh, spiffy in our new little suits and ties. And we went out to go... um, be chaplains in our areas. The first room I walk into, this, I said to this lady, hi, I'm the chaplain for this floor. How may I help you? And she said, well, I just found out that I have uh, cancer and I have six weeks to live and I don't know what to do. And this chaplain said to himself, oh my God, this lady needs a chaplain. I better go find one. And I went back and talked to my supervisor about it later. And he said, you forgot who you are. Uh, and that's true, I did. And today's gospel reading is a big reminder not to forget, but to remember. Jesus died on the cross. They buried his body in a tomb. It was so late in the day when they buried him that they couldn't finish the preparations without violating the Jewish law not to do work on the Sabbath. So they wrapped his body in linen, and then Joseph of Arimathea and some of the other men rolled a stone in front of the opening to the tomb. And the women went home to prepare to finish after the Sabbath what they had started by putting together the burial spices and getting them ready. Uh, Now, you need to remember something about the first Easter. Everything that happened happened in less than 24 hours. The passion was very brief in the sense of calendar time. And so these people who thought everything was going great, on Friday night, well, on Thursday night, Jesus is arrested And by Friday afternoon, he's died on the cross. That's how fast it happened, less than 24 hours. And so these people who thought everything was great, all of his followers, in less than 24 hours are stunned and shocked. These women had no hope. For them, Jesus was dead and gone, and all they could do now was honor his life by treating his mortal remains with respect. We can assume easily enough that they were depressed, exhausted, mourning, and according to Mark, fretting over who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb. And the sun was rising as they approached the tomb, but in their hearts it was darkness. They walked in darkness, not expecting anything but more sorrow. 
So this is where the reading from Luke begins today. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, they were definitely confused and bewildered. If I had gone to see my parents' gravesite in Austin, and there were two empty holes there, I too would be bewildered. I wouldn't be thinking, oh, they rose from the dead. I would be thinking, who took the bodies? And that's what these ladies were thinking as well. But notice what happens next, because while they were perplexed about all this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. We can assume they're angels. And they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. Now, these messengers from God cast an entirely new light on the matter. And while the women's faces were bowed, the angels asked a question straight from the mouth of God. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? The angel proclaims the truth that changes everything forever and rings throughout creation, throughout history, for all of eternity. He is not here, but has risen. And then comes the words that are addressed to the women, but also are addressed to you and to me. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. Remember, remember what he told you. Jesus had said the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. The final chapter of the Gospel of Luke accordingly repeats this message delivered by the angels three times. Three times bewildered disciples are told to remember not only what Jesus told them, but what scripture told them as well. First, there is the women's encounter that we just discussed. Remember how he told you. And then on the road to Emmaus, Jesus himself is walking with the morning disciples back through the entire Old Testament, explaining how the Hebrew scriptures point to Jesus' death and resurrection. And finally, in Jerusalem, he instructed all the disciples this is Luke 24, 44 through 46. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. All three of these events involve a call by God to remember his words. But it's not just a call to remember. It's also a call to believe. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus chided the two disciples for not believing God's word. He said, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And it really does you and me no good to read God's word and memorize God's word if we don't believe God's word. I'm pretty sure the devil knows the Bible better than we do. Right? 
It's a matter of whether we believe in God and trust in him. The disciples were steeped in the prophecies of the Old Testament. Prophecies that foretold Christ would suffer death and be raised. And they had heard Jesus tell them these things would happen. Yet, when everything happened, they couldn't see beyond the facts on the ground. They were left with despair because they didn't remember or believe the promises of God. And even when the women returned from the tomb, when they told them what they had experienced, the disciples, Luke says, to them these words seemed like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Now, we might be tempted to call this bunch a group of dunderheads, okay? But would we have done any better? How often today do we have our eyes focused on our problems rather than God's promises? How often do our problems cause us to forget God altogether? How often do those problems seem to be greater than God's power? We need to remember and believe God. Like so many of us, the disciples never bothered to think that Jesus meant exactly what he said. And this, when the sun rose on Easter morning, Peter and the other disciples neither remembered nor believed God's word, and they missed it. Now, Peter did go check, to his credit, and he came back wondering, but it wasn't resurrection faith yet that we see in the book of Acts that was read this morning. That came later. It was only later when Jesus appeared to them that they came to remember what Jesus told them and to believe his word, that it's true and it can be trusted in all situations. And when they took God at his word and they put their trust not in their own understanding, but in God, their lives began to change and so did their world. One of the reasons, well, there are two reasons why I, I firmly believe in my bones in the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. One is because I know him. I walk with him. We have a wonderful relationship. And I enjoy his presence. And I know the living God. The other reason I believe is because, you know, you hear about all these theories that there was a hoax about Jesus in the grave, in the tomb, and that it was all a trick that they did to fool people. Well, if the disciples did that, they didn't believe in the hoax either. More than anyone, they believed that Jesus truly was dead and that he wasn't coming back. And yet look what happened to them. And that's how our lives can change as well. When we remember and believe. Skip mentioned this in his sermon on Good Friday. So many of us find it hard to believe we're saved by grace through faith. It has nothing to do with what we do for God. I have also heard so many Christians say, well, I hope I have been good enough for Jesus to save me. Well, let me tell you, if that's your plan for salvation, it's about the equivalent of having your retirement plan be to invest in lottery tickets. Okay. It's not going to work. 
You're not going to be good enough. None is righteous. No, not one. And uh, just accept that. That's where it starts, by accepting I need God. You're saved because God loves you and you put your faith in him. Now, here is something to remember and believe. Just close your eyes and listen to this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Remember and believe this truth. Christianity did not turn the world upside down because this shaky group of men and women set out to make that happen. On their own, in their own power, they probably wouldn't have made it past the city limits of Jerusalem. It happened because they encountered Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, and they remembered and they believed. And from that point on, they took God at his word and put their trust in him, one day at a time. And they became witnesses to the world who testified that anyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In closing, I want to note that there's a temptation for us to dismiss this story and the disciples' experience as, well, what does it have to do with us? Uh, not applying to us at all. After all, those men and women had the benefit of seeing Jesus in person and right after his resurrection, and how could they not believe? But Jesus has a word for you and me if you feel that way. It's what he told Thomas, who refused to believe until he had put his own fingers in the scars of Jesus' wounds. Jesus said to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. On this Easter day, remember the words of Jesus. Believe in him and be blessed by the Savior who offers you freedom from sin, eternal relief from the fear of death, and abundant life forever. This is not because of anything we do for ourselves, not because of anything we do for God, but it's because we remember and believe in Jesus and what he has done for all who believe in him. Alleluia. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.